How many people do you know who struggle with their health? Chances are, whether they show it or not, most of the people in your life do. And chances are, you're one of them. Whether you're dealing with anxiety, depression, endometriosis, acne, eczema, autoimmune, thyroid, Lyme, brain fog, fatigue, or any other symptom or condition, you're far from alone. Living with symptoms has become the new normal. So no more guessing games. It's time to get answers. Welcome to the Medical Medium Podcast. I'm Anthony Williams. We're talking about nutritional yeast. Now, I'm not trying to get the nutritional yeast people upset. God knows it may happen when they hear what I gotta say. But this is about the chronically ill, and we gotta put aside all those bad feelings because we have to remember there's somebody sick out there laying in their bed, putting things inside their body, and it's important that they know what it is. Now the yeast world isn't just black and white. There's a gray area to be had. Get ready, fasten your seatbelts, because we're going for a ride. Now I'll meet you at the checkout. Yeah, I just forgot something. Yeah, I forgot my nooch. All right, all right, I'll be, I'll be there in a second. I'm heading to the bulk bins. Huh? Yeah. Just get me, can you get me a drink over there too? Okay. All right, meet you at checkout. All right. Oh, cool. Here they are. Ooh, nice. Two kinds of nooch. Ooh, nice. Let me get my bag out here. Yeah. Oh, I love this nooch. Ooh, sorry. Lady, I'm sorry. Okay, here we go. Oh, sir? Sir, you're mo- you're pushing me over. You're getting, yes, there's, you can get your nooch after. Um, I'm here first. Oh, there's a few people lined up to get their nooch. Ah, there we go. Nice. I can't wait to put this on my popcorn. All right. All right, sir, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. You got, you're all set. Ma'am? All right. Heading to the checkout. Everybody who uses nutritional yeast loves their nutritional yeast. Everybody who eats nutritional yeast without knowing it's nutritional yeast loves their nutritional yeast. See, it's in a lot of packaged food. It's an ingredient that's added to a lot of different chips, a lot of different corn puffs and different kinds of rice puffs and everything else. It's like a batter. You know, like a batter? You know when you're like putting batter on some chicken or some fried chicken, you roll it in batter. It's like rolling it in egg and that just kind of gooey wheat flour batter, drop it in a frying pan. It's like having this coating and it tastes so yummy. Now, you may be like, well, I never had it. I don't eat nutritional yeast. Yeah, you had it. You had it. There's no question. It's in so many different things. All you got to do is just buy a hummus. Chances are it's going to be in the hummus. 
all you have to do is buy a hummus behind the deli counter that was pre-made in any store. They scoop it out. They put it in a container. It's like, here you go, sir. Thank you. Can't wait to put some chips in there. It could be loaded with nutritional yeast and usually is. My friend got me a bag of kale chips. I was like, oh, cool. Kale chips. I said, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. He's like, no problem. He opened up the bag. He was eating it. He's like, these are so good. Like, I bet they are. I bet they're good. Flip over the pack, man. He flipped it over and he's like, crunching and like, sunflower oil, olive oil, nutritional yeast, natural flavors. I said, wait, did you did you read that? Goes what? Go nutritional yeast, natural flavors too, but it's another story. Nutritional yeast. He was like, what is that yeast? Like the kind of baker's yeast? I'll go, no, 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 no. It's different than that. So he said, it's got to be good for you, right? I mean, it's a health food. It hits all the marks. It's non-GMO. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it says that on the bag. Gluten-free. Yeah, it says it on the bag. No additive preservatives. Uh-huh. But I said to him, it's not as good as you think it is. It's not as good for people to eat as they think it is. But he said, kale, kale's amazing, right? I mean, it's incredible. I said, kale's incredible. Kale's amazing for you, yeah. But it's dressed up to be something more than just kale. It's got the nutritional yeast in it. He goes, okay, okay, okay. Just tell me what's wrong with the nutritional yeast. So there's little things about nutritional yeast that aren't good. And there's bigger things about nutritional yeast that aren't good. We're going to start with the little ones. The nutritional yeast world hangs their hat on the nutrition aspect of nutritional yeast, the nutrients. Like you'll hear out there, well, it's got a lot of vitamins. It's got a lot of minerals in there. It's got a lot of nutrients. And it's like, whoa, I'm sold right there. And the nutritional yeast world, they got to be in it for the goodness of everything, the well-being of everything, because there's a lot of nutrients in there. And so that's the hat right there they hang up on the hook. So it's this nutrient profile that makes it really intriguing because you think about it, there's vitamins, there's nutrients, there's minerals in there. Where can you go wrong? And that's the whole point of nutritional yeast. It's yeast that happens to create nutrients And so the nutrients inside nutritional yeast are good for us. So if we're sick and unhealthy and have problems, this seems like a viable source of nutrients to help our health and well-being. It's kind of an easy sell. It's like, whoa, nutritional yeast. It's loaded with vitamin A. It's got some Bs in there. It's got some different nutrients. This is perfect. I need that right now because I'm kind of sick. I don't feel good. I'm always into my health. I'm looking for things to help me. So this works. And whoa, it tastes really good. So what's my problem with nutritional yeast? All the nutrients it has, that's awesome. Think about it. That's really incredible. Well, to begin with, it's not that many nutrients. That's just a start because it's not as packed. It's not as dense. The amounts of nutrients aren't high. That alone is tricky. You can eat one orange and you supersede it what nutritional yeast could ever offer you. If you eat one banana, 
one tomato, one artichoke, one asparagus, you superseded those nutrients and then some, quadruple some, tenfold, twentyfold, a piece of kale, you blew nutritional yeast out of the water. The nutrient profile in the nutritional yeast could not even stand up to one leaf of spinach. One leaf of spinach, the nutrient profile, through the roof. Nutritional yeast, not really at all. It's so mild. Part of why they fortify it. A lot of companies fortify it. They add, you know, like white bread, processed white bread. They got to fortify it. You got to enrich it. It's enriching. That's what the companies do. The big manufacturers do. So big manufacturers, they throw a whole bunch of bulk vitamins into their nutritional yeast because in the end, there really isn't a lot of vitamins in the nutritional yeast. So they got to fortify it just like white bread. Look, I know the deeper I get into this episode, the more friends I lose. I understand that when it comes down to nooch, <laughs> people are highly protective over their nooch. But let's go to the other little problem I have. So this one's a little different. Think about this. Yeast is not a plant, right? Now, I know there's a lot of plant-based people out there. They want to eat plants. I know there's a lot of animal protein people out there that want to eat plants. You want to eat your animal proteins if you're an animal protein person and your plants. And if you're vegan or plant-based, you want to have your plants and your plants, right? So where does the yeast come in? That's not a plant. Why are we getting all excited about it? Why are we supporting it so much? Why are we fighting for it so much? It's not a plant. Plants are medicine. Plant food, medicine, right? If you believe animal products are medicine because you eat animal products, well, there you go. You, you can say that too. But where's the yeast? What's going on with that? See, that's a fungus. That's fungi. That's not a plant. Oh, I get it. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> You're thinking mushrooms now. Think like, what's this guy talking about? Fungi? Yeast? It's a mushroom. No, it's not. It's different. A mushroom doesn't feed off of bad things. A mushroom doesn't feed off of bad things in order to survive. An edible mushroom. So edible mushrooms don't feed off of highly toxic substances in order to survive. A yeast will. And then you're thinking, well, wait a minute. The yeast, nutritional yeast, is feeding off of beets. So that's not a highly toxic thing. It's feeding off of beets. That shouldn't be a problem. It's a really big problem. I told you, you better fasten your seatbelts. So now let's talk about this a bit. An edible mushroom doesn't just care about itself. An edible mushroom knows someone's going to feed off of it. A wild animal, an animal in the woods, a certain variety of insect, specifically large insects too. 
people, humans, it doesn't grow for itself. Edible mushrooms grow for the person. They grow for human life, animal life to consume. Yeast grows for itself. It devours what it wants for itself. And it doesn't matter if what it devours is extremely highly toxic. Sure, we can take yeast and we can throw it on something that's not highly, highly toxic and it'll feed off of it. But it will feed off of it only for itself, not for consumption of itself, not for an animal or a human to feed off of. But wait, 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 you got me. (laughs) You think you got me. Candida. Candida, I talk about that. You know, it's inside our intestinal tract. It feeds off of things, right? But you're not supposed to be scraping someone's colon of candida and eating it. You're not supposed to be scraping out your own candida or somebody else's candida out of their intestinal tract, trying to grow it so you can package it up and then sprinkle it on all the food you want, eat it every single day. Hey, I got my candida over here, you guys. I got a big bag of it. You want it on your popcorn? Let me put it on your Hey, you guys, did you get your popcorn? I got a whole big bucket of candida right here. Came out of a, a, a guy down the road. He said he would grow it for me. So he kept on eating all this crappy food. And he's just, yes, candida was gobbling all that garbage he was eating, all that stuff in his gut. And he had so much candida that, you know, he had a, a physician scrape it out and a colon hydrotherapist uh, get it out. And then they grew it. I got barrels of this stuff, man. It's better than nutritional yeast. You got to try this. Hey, bring your popcorn over here. Okay, here here it goes. What do you think? It's good, right? It's real good. If you think that a portobello mushroom, you know, the big old portobello mushrooms you buy in the store, it's like, honey, I want to throw one on the grill. I'm going to make everybody some portobello mushrooms. I got a whole package of them here. If you think that the portobello mushroom is the same thing as yeast, then you're terribly mistaken. No disrespect but terribly mistaken. So you might be somebody that's like, he's wrong still. All fungi, fungi family, they're all the same. They're all doing the same thing. He's wrong. Well, let's take a look at the plants for a second. So I said before, plants are plants, right? Fungi, fungi. Okay, I get it. But not even all plants are the same. So I'm scratching my head on this one because... I just told my friend he can actually take all the poison ivy out of his yard. He pulled it off of the oak tree and then picked it up all the ground. And he had a barrel of poison ivy. And I said, since it's a plant, it's the same thing. He can do what he wants with it. So he made a poison ivy bed and he slept on it last night. He said it was soft and comfortable. He's in the hospital right now. But the point is, is that I think I made a mistake because I, since it's a plant, I told him it's all plants, and he's a vegan, by the way, and this plants are all the same. So, because fungi are all the same too. Portobello mushrooms, same thing as yeast. Uh, That's what everybody tells me out there, all the geniuses. 
So I, I just figured the poison ivy is the same thing as asparagus. And so he decided, because it was really soft and comfortable, he made this massive bed of poison ivy and he slept on it last night. And um, his, his partner and him are both in the hospital right now on steroids. Because the truth is, yeast is not a mushroom. That's the truth. A big old portobello mushroom, a chanterelle, a button mushroom, a baby portobello, a bear's mushroom, whatever. It's not the same thing as yeast. They're different creatures. Oh, wait. I think somebody out there has me again. Uh-oh. They're saying, well, poison ivy. Yeah, that's a poisonous plant. Duh. It's not going to be an asparagus. So, um, excuse me, AW, but nutritional yeast isn't poisonous. We don't get poisoned when we eat it. So, got you there. Well, all right, let me just tell you this one. Now, yeast is a cleaner-upper. It's a fungi that's there to clean and eat anything and everything. Okay? Poison ivy is a plant. It's growing out of the ground. Same earth as you can grow lettuce and everything else. And you can have a garden with lettuce, tomatoes, cucumbers, anything you want in there, asparagus. And then you can have poison ivy growing right out of that garden soil too. Yeast is a whole different beast. You can have that growing on something highly toxic, even dangerous, and it will grow right off of it and doesn't have a filter or a processing system like a big old mushroom. Portobello can grow out of some poop, but it will take in the good stuff to make it into a portobello mushroom. Same way a tomato plant can grow out of poop. It'll take in the good stuff, turn it into a juicy tomato, and it's safe and you can eat it. Well, yeast isn't like that. Yeast will grow off something highly toxic, and if you eat that yeast, you die. Okay, nutritional yeast, well, it's not highly toxic, and you can eat it and you don't die because they didn't throw that yeast onto something super highly toxic. But if they did, there'd be no filter. There'd be no body and no filter system. It actually will grow and become as toxic to what it's growing on equal. And that's a difference. Similar to snails and slugs. Snails and slugs don't have a filtration system. They can feed off of something highly toxic. And then if you eat that snail or eat that slug, you can die. Now, if a snail and a slug is not feeding off of foliage or any kind of waste that is highly toxic, you can boil that snail and you can have your escargot or any kind of other snails. There's so many different snails and varieties out there, fresh water, salt water, whatever. But if your snail is feeding on something that's not highly toxic and your slug, slugs too, are feeding on something that's not highly toxic, you can then boil them up and eat them. But that slug, if you don't know where that slug's been, if that slug was on some dangerous plants, dangerous foliage, dangerous sludge somewhere, and you picked up that slug and said, whoa, I know I can boil you and eat you. You can. You can actually eat slugs, and you go and boil it and eat it, and then you die. 
or get deathly ill because that slug didn't have a filtration system and actually ate what was toxic, stayed in it, and it became highly toxic. Well, that's what yeast can do. So let's head now to what really bothers me. Like the big boy. Let's go there now. Okay, yeast, nutritional yeast, is not toxic because you're eating it. You got your yeast. It's all good. And I'm going to grab mine right now. I got my nutritional yeast right here. And you know what's interesting about this nutritional yeast bag that I have? Well, it says non-GMO. Non-GMO. <sighs> I got peace in my heart. Peace in my mind, peace in my soul. I'm doing a little happy dance right here. Got my non-GMO stuff going. And uh, that's just freaking awesome, you know? But wait, I got a bomb to drop. Oh, my God. I just realized right now what a fool I've been. <sighs> Stupid ass I am. The primary food source for yeast, nutritional yeast, is GMO beets. What the hell was I thinking all these years? I've been gobbling this stuff by the truckloads, man. Huh. I just realized it just now, this very second. The primary source of food for the yeast to grow on is GMO beet. It's sugary beets. It's sugar beets. Like, oh my God, like, duh. Anyway, you guys, that's the big boy right there. And I'm going to tell you something about that big boy that really scares me. The yeast becomes what it eats. You have to remember that. Yeah, of course, I get it on paper. They can say, technically, it's not GMO. So they can put that on the package. They can put it right on there. I'm grabbing the package again. It says non-GMO. That's interesting because all this yeast that grew grew on GMO beets. Whoa, you guys are sneaky, man. You guys are really, really sneaky. The type of yeast they're using, Saccharomyces, is growing on GMO sugar beet. Remember when I said that yeast becomes what it eats? That means nutritional yeast becomes that GMO product. But legally, legally, they don't have to make that connection for you on the package. They don't have to. And they're not going to shut down their yeast factories just because of that minor little detail. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. You think I'm wrong again? Because your nutritional yeast that you're eating, it's growing on molasses. They grow that one on molasses, right? So I must be wrong again. Molasses is sugar beet. Oh, wait. Wait, you got me again now, I think. I think you got me again, right? You're saying that the company you talk to, the sugar beets they use, aren't GMO. Oh, really, really? All sugar beets are GMO. Cross-contamination has happened. The majority of sugar beets used in nutritional yeast making and manufacturing are 100% GMO. The small portion of sugar beets that aren't 100% GMO are still 100% GMO by cross-contamination. 
the nutritional yeast factories, their phones are going to be ringing off the hook after this podcast comes out. And they're going to be telling everybody a really nice bedtime story. They're going to say, oh, no, 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 not our factory. We have the best quality beets you've ever seen. Our nutritional yeast is all good and pure. And they're going to make you feel nice and good so you can keep your addiction strong. And we're going to go into the addictive nature of it pretty soon, but we still have some horror stories to tell with the GMO factor. Now, the problem with fungus, yeast, that type of fungus, it has the ability to adapt, change, change its chemical structure, change its nature to survive. That's what yeast does. That's why when someone has a yeast infection, they go to the doctor, they take an antifungal, it goes away. They get another yeast infection, go to the doctor, take the same antifungal, and it's very tricky and stubborn and it doesn't go away. And then they have to give that patient extra antifungal. Finally, it goes away. Then they get another yeast infection, go to the doctor, and then they have to give them another type of antifungal because you can't use the other antifungals. It adapted to those antifungals. It acclimated, it overrode it, it rose above it. Yeast has an intelligence to save itself. It has the ability to change. So when it's on top of GMO food, molasses, GMO sugar beet, it actually alters itself because GMO foods are toxic. They have toxins in them, GMO toxins. The yeast changes its structure. It changes its actual cell structure but no one's monitoring that. No one cares. Just pump that stuff out to the masses, have them eat it all they want. More GMO sugar beets come in, which is highly toxic because it's a GMO product. And then the cell structure of the yeast changes and changes. Meanwhile, no one's gonna get $250 million, the magic number, to get a group of scientists together to take a little looky-loo at what's going wrong. Like Frankenstein yeast, Franken yeast. No one's gonna take a peek into it, you know? Rose-colored glasses, gotta have them on. Rose-colored glasses. Call the nutritional yeast factory and you're gonna get... Nutritional yeast factory here. Hello? Hello. Yes, yes, yes. What's your concern, customer? Uh, GMO? Uh, there's no GMO in our nutritional yeast. Huh. What kind of talk is that? Uh, I'm sorry? Are you saying that we're using GMO sugar beet? Well, um, maybe. Uh, yeah. And the, and the yeast is growing off the sugar beet? Uh, yes. Uh, it's growing off our molasses. Yes, yes, our good molasses. Yes, and, and then uh, what, the yeast is turning into something? You mean it's, it's growing off the GMO and it's changing its cell structure? Oh, hogwash, <laughs> hogwash, that doesn't even make any sense. Yes, 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 we have the finest nutritional yeast there is. We sell it to all great places. Uh, health food stores use it. I actually take it myself. I like my nutritional yeast. Um, I just don't really think there's a lot of merit in this, this 
this GMO thing. We're not GMO. We say it on the package. We have every legal right to say it's not GMO on the package. Uh, yes. Well, I believe uh, we'll, we'll bring this up in the next meeting, in the next board meeting. But I, I mean, I mean, listen, I'll give you some free. Would you like a free order? I'll give you a free order sent to your address. Would that make you feel better? Okay. Okay, that's what we'll do. See, yeast doesn't like to die, and yeast doesn't like to be challenged. So when it's up against a predator like GMO, because GMO foods are actually a predator food, that's not a food to help nurture us, help heal us, help fortify us. It's actually a predator food. It's designed in a lab. It's dangerous. We know that about GMO food. But fungus likes to rise above it when it's up against confrontation like that. It changes its cell structure. It changes how it thrives and how it grows. Because the yeast doesn't want to die. It wants to live forever. That's what yeast does. That's why a baker with baker yeast, which is still yeast, it's a little different, but it's still a yeast, can keep yeast alive for a thousand years. It can be in the lineage of somebody in their home and they can keep that yeast alive for centuries. It could be centuries old yeast. It doesn't like to die. Instead, it likes to adapt. And when you give it something toxic and dangerous to adapt to, you don't have the same yeast you once had. You have more of a non-worldly, non-natural more of a super fungus, just like a super bacteria, like MRSA, but you end up with a super fungus. Fungus can alter its own cell structure so it never has to forfeit a battle and die. It won't succumb to the law of nature, meaning the law of death. It won't succumb to being poisoned by something unnatural and highly toxic. Instead, it'll supersede it. And that's when yeast turns into a Frankenstein yeast, a Franken yeast. And it holds that toxin superior within itself, its being, that GMO product, and reproduces itself over and over again with that GMO product within itself. And that leads to another scary thing. Kind of get ready for this one. Fasten your seatbelts. Nutritional, nutritional, nutritional vitamins, minerals nutrients. We're eating the nutritional yeast because obviously we're addicted and we'll talk about the addiction part a little later, but we're eating it too because we think it's good for us. We keep on being told that it's packed with vitamins and minerals and nutrients. So we say, okay, great. This is nutritional. It's got vitamin B. It's got all this in it. And this is great. But no one's realizing something those are GMO vitamins and nutrients. That's what nutrients those are. The nutrients and vitamins that the yeast created from the GMO sugar beet becomes a GMO nutrient. GMO nutrients aren't fit for human consumption. They're not fit for the human body. Our bodies can't thrive on those nutrients they don't help us heal. They don't refill our deficiencies. They help us become deficient. 
GMO food pushes a person into deficient land, into deficiencies. The yeast is growing off of the GMO sugar beet, developing and creating its own Frankenstein vitamins, and that's what we're consuming. Another thing which is really interesting, there's no regulation determining that your yeast you're growing has to be on molasses, GMO molasses. You can grow your yeast on anything you choose as long as that yeast will feed on it, grow. You can then package it up and sell it. So the gray area is really scary. So yes, the majority of the production is all about molasses, which is GMO. But there are some people out there, they're picking anything they want to choose from. Doesn't matter what food it is. GMO food for sure. It could be anything. It could be sewage. It could be engine oil. It can be petroleum. Petroleum. Ready? It can be petroleum byproduct. Did you know that there is baker yeasts that grow off of oil waste, petroleum byproduct. So that means anybody can legally do that. You can open up a nutritional yeast factory, get a petroleum byproduct or something toxic like a sewage or a sludge from petroleum byproduct, throw a whole bunch of yeast on it, in it, in your own, of course, sterile containers. It doesn't matter. You can still use the same facility, the same structure, but you're using the sludge or the engine oil or the petroleum byproduct and waste, and you're growing the yeast off of that. And that's the yeast you're creating and now packaging and selling. It's been done before. They do it with baker's yeast. They can do it with nutritional yeast. And there's no rules, there's no regulations, and there's no nutritional yeast police policing it and governing it. Just like there's no real marijuana cannabis police that are governing if someone sees an aphid attack on marijuana leaves, that they can take a can of Raid and just shoot it all over the place and shoot the plant down to kill off those aphids. No one's watching that either. The regulations aren't there. So what happens when we eat nutritional yeast and it's Franken yeast? So we're chewing it, we're eating it, we're swallowing it. It's this yeast that grew off of GMO beets it altered its cell structure. It became something different. It adapted. We then consumed it, ate it. It went down into our intestinal tract. And now it becomes food for something else. So this will be interesting to know. But yeast eats yeast. Yeast consumes yeast. So now you have yeast inside your gut. You have yeast in your small intestinal tract. You have yeast in your large intestinal tract. People have yeast on the rectum every day. Just a big hunk of yeast is just right on the edge of the rectum. Yeast devours yeast. Problem here, though. You have yeast inside of you, like candida, that's going to have to then feed off of this yeast, the nutritional yeast that has died. You've consumed it. You've eaten it. And it's not the same kind of yeast. It's a different yeast, but it's an altered yeast. It's made primarily out of GMO food. So here you go. Your yeast now is consuming a different yeast that has information in it. 
Yeast is intelligent. It holds information. As it's gobbling up the franken yeast, it's computing. It's digesting information. It's receiving information. It can change the structure of the yeast that we naturally have in us. Now, we have bad yeast in us. We got good yeast in us. We got a combination of a few different yeasts. Some people have even more. Some people may have 10 varieties of yeast. Some people may just have two. But either way, it changes the yeast that we naturally have in us. Because as that yeast is cleaning up all that dead GMO yeast that changed and the cell structure changed and everything about it altered for survival, for adaptation, as our yeast gobbles up that yeast, our yeast starts to adapt and change. And if it's a bad yeast inside of us, it could adapt and change and create infections that won't respond to antifungals at the doctor's office or in the hospital. So now we're in trouble there. And then if it's a good yeast inside of us, it can alter and change and end up becoming a bad yeast. And so the good yeast inside of us eats the bad yeast and starts to change. Now, what if you're somebody that collected a lot of yeast in your day? Public bathrooms, collecting it there. Restaurants, eating out a lot, collecting it there. Relationships, partners, collecting it there. Hospital visits, collecting it there. You could be somebody that has a lot of different varieties of yeast, all kinds of yeast. And then we're putting in that nutritional yeast and we're training and teaching all these other different yeasts that are inside of us to be different. And that's where things can go wrong. That's where chaos can ensue. It's because our yeast will start to learn behavior, take in information from yeast that isn't supposed to even be here on any level. Meanwhile, somebody's microbiome doctor, like who's trying to help somebody with the good of their heart and they're using all their expertise that they have, doesn't even know any of this. And they might even be like, hey, nutritional yeast is fortified and it's got vitamins and minerals and, oh, you can keep that in there. Just make sure you don't do any celery juice. But make sure you have your nutritional yeast there. Okay, so let's go to the next big one. If you're still into your nutritional yeast, I don't blame you. It's hard to let it go. And it's addictive and we'll, we'll head there, don't worry. But there's one other pink elephant in the room and we're gonna have to talk about it. It's glutamic acid. Whoa, I know it, I know it, I know it. I know what's happening right now. A bunch of you guys are probably like, okay, he doesn't know anything about this. There's no MSG in this at all. My nutritional yeast doesn't have MSG. It's well known, it's not MSG. So. He'll say glutamic acid. He's trying to trick us, but he's wrong. All right, here it goes. Glutamic acid is in all plants. It's in all foods. It's an acid that's everywhere. So why is it a big deal that it's in nutritional yeast? Like, who cares? It's in everything. Because nutritional yeast is a yeast. That's why we're talking about glutamic acid in a yeast. We're not talking about glutamic acid in an asparagus, artichoke, Brussels sprout, banana, potato, green apple, berry. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about the glutamic acid in dairy. Yes, in eggs, in meat, in chicken, 
even pork that's got glutamic acid in it, but it's in all the different foods. But how much is it in the different foods? For example, if it's in an asparagus, a Brussels sprout, a potato, a carrot, it's a lot less. It's a lower amount of glutamic acid. Another thing too, fungi is not a plant. It's a different form of glutamic acid. Animal products, most animals are eating plants. So those animals are eating plants. Their glutamic acid is coming from concentrations of the plant foods they're consuming. But ounce for ounce, pound for pound, it's not a lot of glutamic acid compared to yeast. And people get carried away with their yeast. Do you know anybody who gets carried away with their nutritional yeast? Because I know some people, they throw it on everything. They make a lot of food with it. There's not a lot of glutamic acid in a carrot, not a lot of glutamic acid in a cucumber or a green apple or a red apple or a cherry berry, a watermelon, but it's highly concentrated in yeast. Highly concentrated in nutritional yeast because nutritional yeast is a small microorganism. A small microorganism with a lot of glutamic acid within it. And then we take a large amount of that microorganism, we concentrate it. It becomes a powder. It turns out it becomes an MSG powder without having to add MSG. Now remember, the scientists, they're not going to do that looky-loo into things They're not going to look at the yeast that's feeding off of the GMO beets and determine that that yeast is changing and adapting. They're not going to spend the $250 million from a grant to get a group of scientists to do that. But they're also not going to get a grant for $250 million to have a bunch of scientists look at the different glutamic acid structures because they're different compounds coming from different places. So a green apple glutamic acid, much different than a yeast glutamic acid, and they're not going to take the time to do the looky-look, to do the looky-loo, to take a look and be like, whoa, wait a minute. That yeast, that produces a different form of glutamic acid, and it's more concentrated, and it's aggressive because that's what it is. A yeast glutamic acid is an aggressive nature, different than a carrot, than a steak. But what they need to do, the scientists need to isolate the glutamic acid from yeast. Take that isolation, take that concentration, and feed it to mice. And they can watch the mice and their behavior. Hey, did you give the mouse the glutamic acid tablet? The glutamic acid tablet. The mouse ate the other mouse. The mouse is dead. He ate the other mouse. He had an anger fit. And now he wants more glutamic acid tablets. I went to the cage and he ran up to me and he jumped up and he want my other glutamic acid tablet. Yeah, he killed the other mouse. But no one's keeping tabs. They're not keeping tabs of the GMO beets. They're feeding the yeast. They're not keeping tabs of the yeast and how it actually evolves. They're not keeping tabs of the glutamic acid production inside the yeast and the fact that the glutamic acid production is actually GMO. It's a glutamic acid that's GMO. 
No one's keeping tabs of that. And of course, they're not keeping tabs of the fact that the glutamic acid is different than any other type of glutamic acid, than the type of glutamic acid that's in meat, beef, poultry, vegetables, fruit. It's a different beast all on its own. And no one's informing anybody about the dosages, how much they're consuming, how much they're eating, and is it storing up somewhere? Glutamic acid can store up in the brain. So wait a minute here. We're eating all this glutamic acid, concentrated forms of it, in a lot of yeast we're putting on our food. We're consuming large amounts of this glutamic acid. Where is it going? It goes to the brain. So all this GMO glutamic acid ends up inside our brain. No one's keeping tabs on that either. Now let's talk about dosages. I see people, they're pouring it on. They're giving it to their children. And it's not their fault. They're just being told it's good for them. So that's the sad part all in its own. People are being very generous with the helpings. I know somebody, they're like taking a scooper and it's a scooper they use. And they use this big old scooper and it just goes in all their food. They make dishes, they make roux. You know, where you're making soups and stews or making dressings and roux. People throw it on their salads. They throw it on their meat. They throw it on their chicken. They throw it on all the food they're making. Some people just eat it out of their hand. They're just popping it in their mouth, left and right, right out of the bag. They put it on their granola. They have it on their snacks. They have it on everything. People just pop it in their mouth as they're coughing and choking on it sometimes because you can inhale it by accident. It's extremely addictive because yeast glutamic acid mimics MSG. It becomes the ultimate comfort food for so many people. And I don't blame them one bit. I'm not judging anybody, okay? I know we go through a lot of hardships and struggles, a lot of stress. And when we find a comfort food that feels good to us, an emotional connection happens and we use it as an anchor. Nutritional yeast is a comfort food for so many people. I feel bad for somebody who's listening to this episode when I think about it, because they may be really eating a lot of it, and then it's about, whoa, what do I do? Do I wean myself off? How do I move this out of my life? It's really hard. The problem with MSG is it goes to the brain. It gets into the nerves. It gets on the neurons in the glial cells. It crystallizes. MSG deposits build up around neurons creating these little crystallizations that interfere with electrical impulses and our brain chemistry, creating a brain response that's highly addictive. I talk more about this in the Brain Saver books coming out. And then there's gut health, intestinal tract health. Glutamic acid from nutritional yeast aggravates nerve endings in the intestinal tract lining. If someone's got gas and bloating, Crohn's colitis or celiac or some kind of distension, some kind of cramping, maybe flatulence, maybe gastroparesis, maybe some type of intestinal tract disorder, nutritional yeast is the last thing you want to eat. It's an intestinal irritant, a colon irritant. It's problematic inside the intestinal tract, causes a lot of problems with the lining. A lot of food sensitivity doctors, food allergists, they'll test you for a lot of different allergies. They'll have a big old list of your food sensitivities. And most of the time, if not all the time, 
nutritional yeast won't be on the list. And you'll be free to eat all the nutritional yeast you ever wanted by your doctor's orders. Katie, the doctor will see ya. Well, Katie, it looks like your food allergies test came in. And it doesn't seem like you have a food allergy test. A food allergy. <laughs> a food allergy to nutritional yeast after all. It saddens me. So many good people doing good things for themselves, wanting the best out of life, wanting to heal, wanting to make sure that everything they do is right. It matters to them. Life matters. Health is everything. They care about their loved ones. They care about their friends, the people they know. They want what's best for everybody around them and they want to learn and they want to grow. But then comes darkness. You just can't see. Blinders on and we don't understand how capable darkness can be. And we don't see behind the mirror as we're looking at ourselves that there are obstacles in the way of our healing that have taken us and our health. But once we learn and find our way, we strengthen and never let anything ever again get in our way. Knowledge is power and power of the light. So bright, it kills the yeast that grows as it fights. And how do we trust to find our way? There's so much out there we don't know that contributes and it makes our body pay. We wanna feel better than less than. We wanna feel our best. We don't wanna be sad. We don't wanna be left out. We wanna know all of the rest. When we think about it, we get tricked into putting things into our mouth by telling us it's healthy and it will provide a way out. But not all the things we eat are really good for us. And not all foods are the same and are really safe for us. When you have the truth in your hands, you got the freedom to choose. <laughs>